we just celebrated eight years of marriage and so many people are like oh once you get to seven years you're gonna have that seven year itch where you're gonna want to go like have an urge to cheat and I'm like just because you had that don't put that on my marriage that doesn't mean that that's gonna happen to me and so when people are like when you enter this stage or that stage you're gonna end up being like this don't let people put that on you Welcome to Speak Life Project with Lex. I'm so excited that you stopped in. And this is a place where we talk about real life topics, daily struggles, and all the things. And so this month is the month of love, right? And so where are all my single ladies at? I want to say happy Galentine's Day, you know, because sometimes I know you can feel left out because you don't have a significant other to share this time around. But I want to just uh, dive into this topic because it's it's always fun for me to help encourage the single ladies, especially when they're like, ah, I don't think my husband's going to ever come or I don't think the right one's going to ever come. And I keep falling into relationships where the guys end up being a douchebag and blah, 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 blah. And so let's talk about what you're doing now and the waiting while you're waiting for your husband. And so... Are you in this time prepping yourself, growing, working on some things that you need to work on to be ready for marriage? Because it's so much more than just um, being in love. It's so much more than just like being attracted to one another. It's marriage is hard work. And after the honeymoon phase wears off, you have to work to love one another. And so I just wanted to just talk about that and shed light on that. And uh, it's going to be a fun time. And so... For myself personally, I got married at 22 years old. And before that, I had such a history with with uh, boys, I guess, because I was 22. So, you know, anything younger than that was really, they were really boys. And I didn't have the best representation in my mind. But when I was 13 years old, my family um, up and moved around 12. I was 12 when we up and moved. But at 13 there was like a hurricane taking place in Miami. So we had to kind of up and go somewhere about three hours away in uh, Sanford, Florida. And we were staying at this lady's house. She had this prophet come in and minister in her house. And he pointed me out. He's like, I have a special word for you at the end. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so I was like, what is he going to say? You know, cause Prophets can have bad reps, especially when I was younger. I just had this stigma that he was going to call my stuff out. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not ready for this. And so at the end, I was almost wishing that he forgot. But he's like, hey, I have a special word for you. And he just said he was just seeing saying what the Lord was showing him about me when I'm when I turned 19. I was 13. And he's like, at 19 years old, you're going to meet your husband. And so in my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to meet the one. I'm going to know right away all these things. He's, he said meet, okay? So he said, you're going to meet your husband at 19, blah, 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 blah. So I was like, okay, this is a good word. I like it. So years went on and I kind of forgot about that, wor that word. I went through a crazy, I was like a boy crazy. And it was out of lust and not love. I didn't want relationships. I wanted to just fool around with boys. And so that kind of that prophecy was kind of way out of my mind and every once in a while i'd remember like oh, i was supposed to meet my husband at 19. so 19 the age 19 comes around i hated boys i thought that most of them were just dirty dogs and i remember at 19 i started to travel with this ministry and i was just really 
on a healing journey in that time of my life, but I was still boy crazy. Even though I couldn't stand them, I was still boy crazy. And so we started traveling all around the country. And I'm like, every church that we landed at, I'm like, is that the one? Oh my goodness, that's my husband. That is the one. He just looks like my type, blah, blah, blah. I had like a specific type. I liked tall, Italian, dark-haired men. And so I'm like, this is the one. And then every time we would go to New York, I'm like, I just know that I'm going to find my husband here. And it was just so funny because everyone around me is like, oh my goodness, Alexis, you're so boy crazy. And I'm like, I know, right? And long story short, after just always trying to find the one, you know, in the word it says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And so I was the one that was on the hunt. And I was so like, I look so desperate. Now that I look back, I'm like, that was so ugly. I, I looked so desperate. I was just... I'm in my flesh. But long story short, I finally came to the the place where I'm like, God, I don't know if I'm ever going to find the right one. Am I ugly? Because none of them is like taking the bait. And I literally went through this whole thing in my mind where I'm like, I'm just ugly. Or it's because I'm just too tall. Like nobody wants me. God, how come nobody wants me? Like what's wrong with me? And so I just like almost sulked in that. And I was like, I don't even care if I get married at 30, which I'm 30 now. So that's funny. That would have been a long time. But if you are in that boat, (laughs) I mean, nowadays it's different. People get married later and later. But for me, I was like, if I get married at 30, it's fine. I'm okay with that. I'm not going to look for boys everywhere that I go. Every state and church that I go to, I'm not going to look anymore. I'm just going to allow you to bring the right one along. And I'm just going to continue to worship you and keep my eyes focused on you. Little did I know that when I decided to fully do that is when my husband came along. And it's funny because I'll probably have him share his side one of these days, but we he came along and I met him at 19 years old. I met him. I didn't we weren't best friends. We didn't we weren't instantly in love because I know there's some stories where people have that love at first sight like when they saw each other they just knew. That was not the case with my husband and I. We hated each other. We tried to get each other kicked out of the ministry we were both a part of and here we are today. Happy in love, best friends, but it didn't always start off that way. And I'll share that story more in depth in the future, but I said all I have to say is Wherever you may be right now in your singleness, if you've been single for a while or not too long, or maybe you've tried relationship after relationship, but it's not working out, I encourage you to take this time to really focus on God and all that he's wanting you to do. And also take this time to have him reveal things in your life that you can work on before you get into marriage. Because for some reason, as women, we think, When I get married, all those things are just going to go away. All the things that I'm feeling, the loneliness, the whatever it may be. And it's not true. When we get married, those things actually, I'm trying to find the word, those things um, are magnified. So whatever you think is little now, it's, it's even magnified and it's bigger when you get married. And so, and then it's even more so when you have kids. So now is the time while you're single to really take the time to grow and heal instead of having to do it when you're married or having to do it when you have kids and you have people that are needing you and pulling from you 24-7. But when you're single, you have all the time in the world. And so I look back now and I'm like, I if I can go back, I would do that. I would spend even more time with God. I would really take the time to research and find 
older women that I knew had a great marriage that were great wives and great women of God. And I would have them mentor me. And that's another thing that I encourage you to do. If you have people in your life right now that you look up to and you're like, man, I would love to have a marriage like that. I would love to be the woman that that person is. Do it. Ask them to mentor you. Ask them to to sit down at coffee and or lunch and just like pour into you and tell and ask for advice. Like you can say, can you give me some advice with marriage? Can you give me advice with being single right now? What are some things that you can tell me that I can do while I'm waiting? What are some things that I can start preparing for for marriage? Because if we go into marriage blindly, then we have these huge, especially as women, we have these huge expectations that not only are not only can we reach, but our spouses can't reach either. And so that just causes a lot of bumping heads in marriage. And I'm speaking from my own experience. For me, I kind of had a little glimpse of what marriage was like from my family and from my parents and from a few others, but I wasn't I really didn't take it as serious as I should have. And I remember people telling me, you need to read this book and read that book and you should prepare yourself even more. But I had this attitude at that age where I'm like, I know, I know it all. So you don't got to tell me, I'm just going to jump right into it. And I, and I know that I'm just going to know what to do. And some of it you do, but then other things I'm like, man, I didn't expect this. And it could be the littlest things. And one of the things that I actually did prepare for, because Lance's mom would tell me, she's like, it's the small things that you wouldn't expect. Like who, who, uh, puts the toilet paper in, who cleans the toilets, who cleans, takes the trash out, little things like that. And so she gave me this worksheet. She would give Lance and I some homework to do. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. And a lot of it was because she was my mother-in-law and I respect her. So I was like, okay. And then the other half was, was in my mind, I was thinking, okay, I guess I didn't think of those things. I just thought that we would automatically know whose role was whose. And that is not the truth. And so we sat down and I said, okay, Lance, I know that you're going to take out the trash. I know you're going to do this. And I know you're going to do that. And he's like, well, you're going to do this, this and that. And he comes from a family where he's like the, he's, he's, he, all right, I don't know why I'm having a hard time saying it, but before we even dated, I remember sitting around with a group of friends and I come from the north from New England, which is very very liberal and which I'm not trying to knock it. It's very liberal, but our mentality there was the woman does what the the man does and even more if you can. And I remember around the time that I was in high school and middle school, the songs that would come out, which I could see now was part of the feminist agenda, but it was basically trying to get us to not submit to our husbands and be the, the person that's the head. And that's not what the Bible talks about. The Bible says that there's an order. And when we do that, we're out of our design, but the order is God and then our husbands and then us. Right. And so when we try to rise up to be above our husband, then we're out of our design. And there's so many people and women in this age because of the feminist movement that causes us to come out of our design. And women are being more and more manly as the time goes on. And I'm like, yo, I don't like that. Like that is not cute and it's not of God. And we have to stop that. So if that's you and you're complaining and whining that you're not married or that you can't find the one, maybe you're in that feminist thing where who wants to be with someone that's like manly, you know, that's like trying to be the one to to call the shots and, and wear the, the pants when we're not supposed to do that. And 
wearing the pants or submitting to your husband doesn't mean that you're like this. He's a slave driver. You're just going to do everything at the snap of the fingers. It really means to just yield to your husband and the decisions that he decides to make as he seeks the Lord. That's why it's so important that you marry someone that's so in love with God, because if he's so in love with God, he's you're going to trust the decisions that he makes as he talks to the father about what to do in life. And so that's really important. And with my husband, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that whatever decision that he makes, I trust 100 percent and I yield and I submit to him in, in every way. But it always it wasn't always that way. I was that girl because of the upbringing that I had in the environment that I had with the liberals. I literally was that woman that I couldn't submit and I was talking back and I was like, we always bumped heads because I'm like, you ain't going to tell me what to do. That was my attitude. And it's hard being married if you have that attitude. So I'm just bringing these subjects up because there's some things that when you're single, you can start working on now. And so that when you're married, you're not fighting all the time. And then most marriages end in divorce nowadays, which is so sad. But if you could take the time now in your singleness to start to look at those areas like, man, would I be willing to submit? Marriage is about laying yourself yourself down for the other, for your spouse, for the other person. It's not about him making you happy because I'm so tired of hearing that too in the world. It's like, oh, he didn't make me happy. So we're getting a divorce. She changed or he changed. So I'm not happy anymore. So I'm, we're going to get a divorce. There's no longevity. There's no trying to work things out anymore. It's just like, oh, he didn't make me happy. That's it. I want to, I want out. I want to move on. And next thing you know, you see all kinds of women already on their fourth marriage. I know with my friends already, or not my friends, but a lot of people that I grew up with, a lot of them already on their second marriage and they're just in their mid twenties. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. And it's because that whole happiness thing, when when we're women of God, we're not here to have our spouse make us happy. We're here to lay our life down for them. So we're here to say, how can I serve you? How can I make life better and easier for you? And so if you're not ready to do that, then you ain't ready for marriage, girl, because that's literally what marriage is, is dying to yourself every single day, constantly forgiving one another, compromising. I want to do this. He wants to do that. We got to meet in the middle. It's all about those things. And I know that we have this fairy tale mindset a lot of times because of the movies and the culture that we're in, where we think that everything is just supposed to be roses and we're just skipping in love together. And it, it is like that if you choose for it to be like that. And I know that there's people that try to shed light on the negative too. Like, oh, that's not how our marriage was or in the beginning or the seven year itch last year, Lance and I, or this, this year, we just uh, celebrated eight years of marriage. And so many people are like, oh, once you get to seven years, you're going to have that seven year itch where you're going to want to go like have an urge to cheat. And I'm like, just because you had that, don't put that on my marriage. That doesn't mean that that's going to happen to me. And so that's the same with the singles. When people are like, when you enter this stage or that stage, you're going to end up being like this. Don't let people put that on you. I'm just shedding light on some topics that we don't think about because I remember just thinking that everything was going to just work out smoothly. I didn't really have to address anything because it was just going to work out. And that wasn't the case because all the baggage and the stuff and the past and the trauma that I had 
I didn't really work on it. I worked on it to a degree, but I didn't really get deep inside. And so because of that, when I got married, those a lot of those things ended up coming to the surface. And I was like, whoa, I didn't even know how to deal with it. Another huge thing is communication. Like learn about how you can communicate now because marriage is 100% communication. And if you're not a great communicator, maybe because you just never learned the skill, then when tough situations arise or even just like simple arguments, I know that I would shut down. I didn't want to talk about it. So like my husband was wanting to talk about it and I'm just in the corner where I'm just like retreating and I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. And so there was a lot of things I was just swept under the rug because I would just shut down and that wasn't right. And those are things that literally are hindrances to a marriage. And so if you don't communicate well, girl, you got to learn. Let's You can find books. You could talk to people. I think one of the greatest things is to talk to people about their experiences and stuff and ask for advice in that way. Another thing that I did is my husband is 12 years older than me. And so I found another woman whose husband was like a lot older than that. But I went and made dinner for her. I offered to make dinner for her. She was a lot older. So I was like, hey, can I come over? I'll help you make dinner and clean. And um, I just want to like hear you talk about your experiences with marriage and with having an older husband. And she literally, it was so fun. Not only was it fun and fulfilling for me, but it was for her as well because Older women want us to pull on them. They want to be able to pour into us and mentor us. And so she sat there and like told me all the things and it really helped. And she's like, these are the do's and don'ts. She's like, these are the things that I wish I could have changed. And she wasn't trying to put on me, put that on me, but she was just shedding light to it. So I had a choice to say, oh, well, if that thing ever takes place or ever happens, then I know what to do because of the advice that that an older person that went through the experience was able to share with me. So I want to encourage you to find somebody, find resources, find books, listen to something and really start to grow and work on the hard things so that when you get into marriage, you have an understanding of what true marriage is. And marriage is so important and so powerful because Marriage is a representation of Christ in the church, right? Because we're the bride of Christ. And so if you look at the at the different stories and even the story of Esther, like in, in the Bible, they really took the time to really get themselves dolled up and to smell good and all the things so that when they were when they when they were walking down as that bride meeting their husband they were spotless and all those different things and so that's what he it's a representation of the church and of Christ his bride his spotless bride and so marriage is so much more than than just you falling in love with someone it's a covenant it's a lifetime covenant and nowadays you hear people say I don't need to get married it's just a writing on a piece of paper and I'm like no it's a covenant it's so much more than that it's you representing Christ in the church and so Your marriage, if you can work on those things now so that you can go into your marriage more with a a knowledge of what it is and understanding, then you'll not only be, you'll use your, God will use your marriage to be a light in the testimony unto those around you. And there's nothing worse than 
growing into or going into a marriage with the different baggages and and not really understanding what it is. And then you just constantly fighting, constantly bumping heads. And my husband and I went through a lot of that. And so that's why I just wanted to talk about this so that you're able to say, man, I didn't think of those things. And I'm here to tell you, girl, like, let's just talk about all the things so that, you know, I got your back. So you know that I got your back. And you can start to think about those things now. Because once you meet the person, once the person comes along, I tell all the girls that are single in my life this. I'm like, once the person comes along, it happens so fast. Some people get married within six months. Some people get married in a year. With Lance and I, we were friends for a year. We dated for a year. And then in three months, we got married. And so it happens so fast. Next thing you know, you're jumping right in. And once you start the process of dating, we courted. There's a difference, dating and courting. But we courted and we knew that once we started to court that we were wanting to move towards marriage. And we always tried to keep ourselves around other Christians and around other people so that we didn't fall into sin. We had we put up boundaries in the beginning and it worked. It went really well. But I will say this. When you do start to date or court or whatever you want to call it, and you're with someone that you're attracted to and you're with them all the time, really put up boundaries if you can to save yourself so that you don't fall into sin because there is a blessing when you do wait for the one. And I can't say the same because my husband and I, we were literally a month before marriage and we ended up having sex before marriage. And I remember carrying that shame. There's like such a huge shame that comes with that. And I remember like just feeling disgusting and I'm like, oh my gosh, I couldn't, we couldn't even wait a month. But because of the baggage and the things that I didn't work on before, he had to go away for a job and I went to go visit him. And there was like this like sadness and loneliness that I had. and. I almost like was like, if you really love me, you'll do this. Like it was just like so jacked up. And so we didn't wait for marriage. And it's funny that recently I was able to talk about it because before I would just kind of like not ever say, I'm like, what am I going to say if someone ever asked us if we waited or not? And I'm like, who cares? Like who cares from the standpoint of that shame that I had when I was able to share and say, yeah, this is what happened because we chose we we made that decision and the sh- the shame that stemmed from it caused me to just be embarrassed about it but n- when I was able to to shed light on it and talk about it is when I found freedom in it and now I'm just able to talk about it to you guys and so that's why even sex is a huge topic to talk about before you get married because there's so many st- things that come to mind, especially if we see sex as a bad word. And if we haven't really talked about sex, like sex in the church is a bad word. Even when I was younger and I would hear people say that, I would cringe. I'm like, oh my gosh, don't say that. But I wish that people would have talked to me more about it and had I, I would have a better understanding about it because I would have had a whole different mindset when I was going into marriage with it. And because I had baggage in that area and traumatic situations that happened in the past in the areas of sex and all those things, I brought that into our marriage and we didn't, we bumped heads a lot in that area as well. I had a lot of intimacy issues and I felt a lot of shame when it came time to have sex and to connect with my husband. Cause that's what it really is, is we're connecting with our spouse. We're becoming one 
but there was a lot of shame in that. And I know so many women, as I talk to them, married women who say they felt the same thing. And some um, girls who was a virgin that went into marriage and had sex for the first time, they said they felt shame in that because the church put them so much on a pedestal, their virginity, that when they had sex, they knew everyone knew that they had sex and there was shame in that in itself. I also heard of some girls saying that no one really talked about it. So when it was time for them to to have sex on their wedding night, they wanted to hide and they had shame in that area as well because they're like, oh my goodness, now I got to get naked in front of this person. I got to show them who I am. And if you don't have an understanding of that topic, then it's just going to be weird and it's going to cause some things in your marriage that you didn't have to deal with if you could educate yourself in that as well. And so I encourage you to ask people, married couples about the the subject of sex as well. And I know that I'm going long, but it doesn't have to be a bad or awkward conversation. It could be something that you get to hear about and how God wants us to use sex to connect to our, our spouse. And I can tell even now that I need it just as much as my husband needs it. Like when he, when I'm getting to a certain point when I'm grumpy and stuff, I don't realize that I need to connect with my husband. When I do afterwards, I'm like, man, I needed it too. Because we always think as women that it's only for men, but it's for us as well. And I wasn't always in that place. Like I said, I had a lot of things in my mind about sex that was wrong and I felt disgusting and I felt gross because of the things that I witnessed in high school and the things that I've done. And so when it came to have a healthy relationship with sex, it just didn't come natural. And so up until three years ago is when I fully got free to be able to even talk about it. I thought people who talked about it was crazy. I'm like, you're weird. You're crazy. You're not supposed to talk about it. But the more that I got to talk about it and got to see others, hear others talk about sex, it brought a freedom to where it's not weird anymore. And I get to smile about it. And I'm like, I understand what the purpose is with my husband with it. And so it's just been a journey. But now that I overcame that, I'm able to help someone else out there. And so it's, if I can say anything through this whole podcast of you and your singleness and preparing, it is to learn how to communicate and ask people about that. Talk about the hard things like sex and traumatic situations you may have and how you can overcome that so that you don't bring that into your marriage and really just not coming into the marriage or come or having this hot so high of an expectation that nobody could reach it. And so I'd like to do a part two with this and we can dive in even deeper. But I hope that this encouraged you. And remember that where you are, God has you here in this season and it's not going to be forever. And I know it may seem like you're in this forever and that it's never going to change. But when that person comes around, it's going to happen so fast and it's going to be the right timing, the right person and everything and all the waiting that you've been doing, it will be worth it. And so, Lord, I just pray for each and every woman that's on here. I pray that you would help them in this season of them being single. I pray that they would strengthen their relationship with you so much so that they'll be so caught up in you and who you are and so caught up in the things of God that the person that comes around has to be, has to match that, has to be just in, as much in love with you as they are. And I just pray that you would surround them with 
godly women and godly wives and godly marriages so that they can be able to pull from them and be able to have an understanding of what marriage is. Father, I just pray that you would even send friends their way that would be able to help uplift them and encourage them in this season. I pray that you would help them do the hard things, learn about things that they may have not even thought about in the area of marriage so that they're able to be ready when the time comes, ready in and out of season. And I thank you for all that you're about to do in their lives. And Jesus name I pray. Amen. Remember to speak life over all things, always. And I'm excited to see you next week. Bye.